Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz. And today we have a special guest in the building on Necessary Blackness podcast. Our special guest is one half of the pillars, my brother Red Pill. How you doing, brother? Peace, peace, peace. Peace to the family. Uh, All is well. Highly blessed. Highly favored. It's always a monumental moment when you come through, brother. And we are able to sit down and we are able to build because we're the chief architects of building. And that's what makes us the purveyor of truth and being unapologetic in that truth. So I'm glad you came here to Necessary Blackness podcast to give us the exclusive. I want you to tell everybody about this new initiative that you got. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, This new initiative that we're moving with is entitled the FACTS Initiative. And FACTS is an acronym for Food, Art, Clothing, Technology, and Shelter. And it is a solution-based initiative. We actually launched our 2022 version of the FACTS Initiative in Richmond, Virginia, just recently uh, in the month of August. And we also went to PG County, Capitol Heights. Shout out to Everlasting Life, Dr. Baruch. And shout out to all of the family in Richmond, uh, Virginia, that we uh, renamed Rich Mound, Virginia. And um, this initiative was initially started in 2017. And when I put it together, it was a divine, you know, it, it was like it was just a download, uh, a series of downloads, actually, that came together and just showed me a vision of utilizing my network and the, the net worth of my network and calling out the brothers and sisters in the audience that I found myself talking in front of many, many, many times and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I walked away asking myself, well, what do they do? You know, <laughs> they know who I am, but who are they? You know, I felt robbed after a while because people are tapping into me by watching me through their phones and their TVs and whatnot. But I'm I'm at somewhat of a deficit because here it is that I need resources and I'm looking for a certain type of talent pool and they keep showing up. But the apparatus is not set up to capture the data so we could contact them and figure out who's who and vet our audience. Right. Which I call a talent pool. So we begin to make a call to the brothers and sisters that were um, tapping into our platforms or tapping into us through multiple platforms. And we were like, yo, we're looking for people that are locked in with the food. And when we talk about food, we're referring to horticulture and agriculture, right? Um, Of course. I want to stop right there. Mm -hmm. Explain horticulture. Right. Horticulture horticulture would be anybody uh, that's in the the crops of uh, marijuana, hemp, Right. Okay. Yeah. Plant based uh, horticulture. And right. Agriculture. Uh, agriculture is the food that we eat and consume. Right. Okay. And these are the black farmers. Uh, these are the brothers and sisters who actually sell the food. You know, um, our black owned businesses, plant based businesses, vegan restaurants, food trucks and things of that nature. Um, and we were even calling out to our brothers and sisters who are like local farmers, you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so we got the food, the arts. The food, the arts encompasses all a humongous genre. So art is the musicians that are amongst us. Art is the uh, videographers and the directors such as yourself who okay. make documentaries, film. The medium of film is underneath the banner of art. Uh, the arts and the sciences, of course. Um, so we're talking to the digital graphic designers, the comic book artists, the comic book cover artists, the illustrators, 3D artists, laser print artists, tattoo artists, you know, everybody who is gifted with the art of expressing through their hands and whatnot. Uh, those artisans are of much importance in, high, in any society. So we want to cultivate the artists amongst us and galvanize, you know, just their uh, their sheer numbers in order to begin to um, put them in a more economic freedom, you know. All right. The clothing um, is the apparel. Oh, okay. go ahead, my brother. No, 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 that's what I was going to get The clothing to. is a trillion-dollar industry. The clothing is something that we all participate in regardless of our background, 
you know, regardless of our nationality, regardless of anything, we all wear underwear, hopefully, <laughs> you know, but we all have undergarments or we're all clothed in either sneakers, jeans, T-shirts, hoodies, and jackets 365 days of the year with the opportunity to market to 7 billion people in all at once. Like the possibilities are endless. The aim for the clothing aspect is to empower brothers and sisters that are out there, especially a lot of the students who um, have come into this uh, into this this sector uh, or into this niche market called consciousness with the you know with lifestyle brands, mm. right? So I started out in two thousand and five, um, and started in the streets of Harlem, uh, started a brand called Kings County where I was taking the, the motifs of the ancient uh, great civilizations and whatnot. And I was embossing it on cotton, you know, and doing it in a way to whereas, you know, the people who were, you know, um, considered to be swagged out, they was feeling it. You know what I mean? Like I, I put something behind it that I was like, because I come from the booster world and my whole mentality was, I'm not going to sell it if I wouldn't steal it. <laughs> so I went from taking the clothes to making the clothes. So my transition has been very evolutionary and I've been able to inspire so many brothers and sisters, people that I've never going to meet and never met who probably heard my story and was like, oh, I, I, I was there too. Word, I, I, got, I got permission to make my own clothes. I could be my own boss. I could be my own uh, stylist. So... What we're offering through the Facts Initiative, the reason why it's such a why the initiative is important, is we're going to be taking um, young, you know, at-risk youth, and also brothers and sisters who consider themselves to be, you know, um, inclined, artistically inclined and talented, but never really got to making a, you know, creating a clothing brand. You know what I mean? Or never got to that that aspect of really branding an idea or taking an idea from their mind, putting it into, you know, a program and then actually seeing it printed out on a shirt. So we're going to be um, we're going to have workshops to where, you know, we'll certify and accreditize people coming through um, our workshops and our programs. And then the graduates become part of the Mark 125th, which is our online super mall that we're building out in memory or in paying homage to the Mark 125, which was an incubator uh, for black businesses in Harlem. You know, I believe Dapper Dan was one of the stores in there. Absolutely. But they were, uh, yeah, they, they're the cornerstone of black conscious culture that I that I come from, that I stand with. And um stood in front of that store abandoned for more than 20 years you feel me across street from apollo and we still carried on tradition even though they shuttered the gates we basically breathed life into that mall and we were pushing out information we were infopreneurs you feel me we wasn't selling drugs we wasn't selling coats we wasn't selling wigs we wasn't selling teeth you know what I mean? We was we was feeding them like the Cantonese is feeding niggas, uh, you know, MSG. We was feeding them knowledge on knowledge, right. whether it was on from the clothing. Sanetta had hung up the um, pictures of the slaves from that book without sanctuary. You know, it was a way of him consecrating that area with the with the spirit of our ancestors who need a vengeance, Indeed. who that 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 vengeful spirit that people will walk by ice grilling and mugging and everything. And certain people would just, you know, like gang members will be walking up and down the streets, gang bangers, hustlers, pimps, pushers, crackheads, dope fiends. But then, you know, nobody looked at the irony that those spirits that were in that picture that got lynched are mm -hmm. uh, in those people that are walking by us. When it did take hold and when they seen what was going on, I think it changed the whole entire makeup of 125th Street. I was there about two weeks ago, and that spirit is still there to a certain degree, but it's not the same. Before we get into the shift, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, 
I want you to explain to those who may not know how important Mark 125 was and why it was shut down, as well as why y'all made the transition to be on the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and you are now tuned in with Raheem Shabazz and my brother, one half of the pillars, Red Pill. Peace and Black Power family, we are back from our quick commercial break, our non-commercial break, because ain't nothing commercial over here, man. I don't mm-hmm. even like watching commercials on TV, you know. But I am here, family, with the brother Red Pill, and we've been talking. Um, before we went to commercial break, I wanted the brother to break down um, the history of Mark 125 and let everybody know why this became the epic center of Harlem, not only for clothing, but for knowledge as well. Yes, indeed. Well, first and foremost, you know, uh, we know the historical his, uh, the historical significance of Harlem on global black culture. The Renaissance, the Harlem Renaissance that took place over 100 years ago, uh, the impact of the Cotton Club, impact of, you know, everything that was coming off of Lenox Avenue, the impact of Malcolm X, El Malik Shabazz when he stood out there talking, the impact of everyone who stood on those soapboxes, you know, the impact of jazz, you feel me, the impact of the Apollo Theater, you know, and all of the stars that came out of there, uh, the Showtime at the Apollo uh, alumni, you know, Harlem in a nutshell is, you know, where black culture went to evolve and the mall that was built to pay homage to our culture first and foremost it was first and foremost um acknowledging the culture of what they what they call or what they deem blackness mm. and it, it what it did is it commodified it in different you know as a lifestyle so when you would go into the Mart 125, you were walking into, um, I would call golden era hip hop, because this is the late 80s, early 90s. You know, you were stepping into the golden era of, you know, hip hop and black culture as it was evolving rapidly. You know, so you had stores that were rocking gold teeth you know what i mean the jewelry and whatnot mm-hmm. then you had some stores that had the cross colors they were selling you know the the, the call canard then you had the furriers you feel me and then and, you had the red the black and the, and green. the green right uh brother khaled muhammad was known to come through there a lot and do his thing and whatnot um you know it was visited by so many of our dignitaries back in the days you know master teachers and you know just living legends and whatnot remember fidel castro came through there facts um facts. nelson mandela when he got released from jail that was one of his first stops first stops you know it was a stomping ground for so many of our cultural icons and for me um 125th street you know right around the corner from the apollo yeah. is where the knowledge and wisdom of the original man derived from right a law school in mecca right so Indeed. you know I, I always was a heavy presence on 125th street but um something happened that brought that to a halt right what was that the rise of uh rudolph adolf <laughs> giuliani <laughs> rudolph giuliani right uh his administration vowed to you know um become a thorn in the side of black new york that's the best way to say it try to eliminate the street vendors well beyond that i just feel that he attacked the culture you know he had a gripe against the mayor david dinkins then when he became mayor he of italian descent right of uh heavy italian descent Mm -hmm. invigorated um the the uh, other italians in bensonhurst howard beach you know, who were already on the quote-unquote chopping block 
it was a lot of tension based off of some murders that took place in both of those areas. Right. Michael Stewart. Right. Eleanor Bumper. Right. So those areas were, um, you know, they were already on on pins and needles. So when he was elected, you know, um, Rudolph Giuliani was originally a prosecutor. So he went after the the mafia and crushed uh, Gotti and them. And then he was utilizing the NYPD because he was a law and order um, mayor being a prosecutor. He was very hard on law and order. And um, he vowed to clean up New York City's Keep it going. Um, lawlessness. Right. He was almost coming into town like a sheriff. So one of the first places because of his utter hatred for Al Sharpton, you know, the political um jargon that was you know going on between those two he decided that he was going to come to harlem and shutter the mark 125th street and push the vendors out into the streets and then they had a campaign to um harass and to brutalize and to falsely arrest the vendors that were in the streets so there was a, a very protracted battle that took place in harlem um dealing with melanated men and women feeding their families yeah and it got real ugly it got to the point of uh one of the stores was actually burnt down an individual uh lost their lives lost their lives and um when khalid muhammad stepped on the scene fiery brother unapologetic that spoke truth to power and he did the uh million youth Youth March. march right that was a that was a big thing, man. These this, this is a historical time, right? These are the records. This is where the root of the conscious community came from. Facts. For those that know and for those that was there, you know, a lot of people consciousness to them is YouTube University, right? And some of these uh, new cats that 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 or come TikTok. up. Yeah, uh, TikTok. Oh yeah, University. now it's TikTok, you know. But um, back then. You know, it was nothing to see Khalid Muhammad walking down the street. It was nothing to sit at the foot of our grandmaster teachers, uh, Professor James Small, John Henry Clark, or go to Dr. the Slave ben. Theater and listen to um, Dr. Amos Wilson. Right. Or, or, or um, Madam, uh, Maddox. Maddox, yeah. The you lawyer. know, so it, 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 it was a real um, peculiar time. You know, it it was a time that everybody was engaged in consciousness, and it seemed like that has returned 360. But we're dealing with a a new era of brothers. And um, you're one of those that's leading the way at the forefront. Yeah, rightfully so. You know, um, we were were in the audience when that was taking place back in those days that you just spoke of. You know, we used to be at uh, Usha Institute, every weekend right there on Flatbush Avenue in Pacific, which were Dr. Sabe's uh, loft right there where the, um, the Barclay Center is standing right now, with exactly where the Jay-Z Rockefeller store is at. That's where his loft was. The See, they're standing on sacred ground, of man. Of course, of course they are, the Usha Herbal Institute. And um, we, we were groomed. We were being groomed at a very young age. You know, we sat at the feet of the master teacher, literally, sat at the feet because Sabi was barefoot most of the time. (laughs) And, um, you know, Mama Pill and other of these masters who came along, believe you me, there's so many un, un, you know, there's so many unsung names that, that, that I was exposed to just being around Dr. Sabi in those earlier days. So many giants, you know, of all backgrounds and ways of life. And, um, I just had a vision, you know, me and my brother and my contemporaries, we shared visions. You know, I remember being in the hood in the 90s, smoking weed with the seeds in it, you know, I mean, shit popping. <laughs> and we talking about days that, like this, you know, yeah. just visualizing like with, during a, during one of those uh, wake and bake sessions. Yo, what visualizing if, the realism real, of life. Real, real, <laughs> visualizing the realism. Like, yo, what what would this shit really be like if it was a whole bunch of us? And we laughing like, ha, ah, that's crazy. So now we here. You know, we put in a lot of work. And this was not done overnight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of heavy lifting. 
you know, a lot of clearing of the rubbish and the shrubbage, you know what I mean? A lot of uh, sleepless nights. We sacrificed a lot. We, we put a lot on the line and whatnot. So to see where it's at today, you know, um, the good and the bad of it, you feel me? Because it's always going to be chaotic until there's some definitive order. Yeah, I, so, I think the order's in place because a lot of people, you could correct me if I'm wrong, that started out with you are not here today. It's still uh that 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 that's true. However, it's still it's not it, it it's not the order is still being developed. Right, right. <laughs> I would say that there's enough order to sit down people who don't need to be on them stages. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's enough order this present, this this representing a checks and balances, right? Mm -hmm. There's enough order to whereas there's a level of regulation because I remember where it was deregulated and there was no order mm. and nobody was answering to anyone. So, you know, what I know from being here for this amount of time is that the ancestors definitely have a way of, you know, moving shit around when it needs to be moved. Yeah. yeah. You got to clear the path, you they know. Clear. They clear. They, they do they clear it. You got to uh, cut the... Cut the grass and, and, and reveal who the snakes Gotta are. Cut. They do. They come, you know, like how my, my grass is growing on my lawn. Sometimes the grass will get a little bit long. But lo and behold, here the ancestors come with a Mexican and they're going to cut that lawn. Yeah. And then everything gets exposed. So they've been consistent. That's I must right. say. That's right. Speaking of consistent, you and your brother, y'all have been one of the most consistent when it comes to this podcast game. Right. We we talking about from um blog talk, blog talk radio <laughs> to to the present, you know. How many episodes y'all deep in now? Well, in blog talk it was 700. And then But then YouTube, I would say cuz remember, I would I would equate what we started doing on YouTube on yeah. those different platforms. You know, it was it would be vlogging or the equivalent of a podcast Absolutely. in a sense, you know. But y'all, as far thousands, as episodes, y'all in the thousands. Thousands. And I'm talking about on YouTube, thousands of clips, thousands on thousands. Like, you know, in the thousands. Yeah. But for the blog talk days, that's in the 700s. The 700s, yeah. The yeah. blog talk days, I remember y'all was real yeah. heavy. Yeah. And that's when I was like first that's getting when I introduced locked in. to blog talk. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I didn't tap in like I am now, but I used to always like come through and and, and, yeah, and check yeah, it out, man. Yeah. So know the ledge, man. That yeah, is monumental. Yeah. Where we at with that? Well, where we at with that is uh, me and Blue Pill are definitely entertaining um, some offers, you know, okay. from some yeah, some some very interested uh, prospects out there investors and whatnot who would love to see uh that platform um upgraded to a podcast setting because remember blog talk radio is not a podcast it's not visual it's mm -hmm. audio yeah <clears throat> so we got people that are entertaining the idea of getting behind um a visual component you know what i'm saying and me and my bro sit down and we do what we did with that and that's basically the interview um model you know what i mean bringing okay. in between the two twin pillars, bringing in the light and, you know, interviewing them. Um, there's definitely new segments that we're going to be rolling out um, if we decide to do it. So, um, yeah, it's just about timing. You feel me? And location. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, Blue had a, a he had an appointment on the West Coast months ago and he decided to kind of pause that and stayed in the South with us. So we're going to make the, the most out of the time that we have. And um, yeah, you know, if if the future, if everything works out, if the numbers is right, yeah, then we will be uh, returning to a to a um, to a screen near you with No Delege Radio. Speaking of a screen near you, now y'all did. I think it was like a, almost a tour, right? The uh, Fear of a Blackamore. Fear of a Blackamore Messiah. Yeah. Messiah. Fear of a Blackamore Messiah. Let our people know what that whole concept and idea was about. Yeah, um, thank you for that. We I first started, I kicked it off in October the 10th. It was 10-10-2016, right before Trump got in office. Okay. And everybody was thinking that Hillary was going to win. But based off of some of the research that I was doing at the time, I was like, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And what I also came across was the fact that 
you know, a lot of our people were kind of like <clears throat> in the they were in the dark when it came to what was happening to um, our the populace, what was going on with the police terrorism, most importantly, and what was going on with the um with the with the homeland terroristic acts of um individuals such as dylan roof and a few other people and our people who are not educated by brothers such as yourself the Tariq nashids of the world you know uh they weren't tapped into the house of consciousness they were not on the wave of learning about the uh open enemy and even about themselves mm -hmm. they got caught up in what i call the trayvon factor and that was something that took place in 2012 that basically swept our people into this new social justice warrior mind state. And it was the beginning of what is known as the, the woke movement. And it was also the beginning of um, Cointelpro 2.0 by way of these quote unquote government sponsored um, NGOs, uh, the Soros sponsored organizations. These, Black Lives Matter. Right, these agendas coming in from different angles and whatnot. The alphabet agenda, the rainbow agenda, all of these things. This was a new level of propaganda that wasn't that the people were not ready for. Um, it was a level of pushback, in my humble opinion, mm -hmm. to a lot of stuff that was being exposed. Like the Moors were kind of like tearing the veils back when they were putting up videos on YouTube of how to shut the police down how to put the um, lean on the judges and whatnot. You know, they were squatting, they were taking houses, you know what I mean? They were driving without, um, you know, without these people's uh, licenses and shit. Mm -hmm. And the blowback to me was the, uh, that was the police executions, right? The fact that they started putting the snuff films out and it was murking our people on film. Then there was another level of blowback and that was coming from the homeland terrorism and that kind of came before the police. And that was basically these, what they call lone wolf warriors, lone wolves, which were basically part of these um, cells, these sleeper cells, yeah. yeah. They were forming on 4chan, the dark web, and other places in private, and then basically pushing one person out there to be the legend. And that's what happened. That's all they was doing. Yeah, they was just lionizing themselves. And that's what happened with uh, the situation um, in Buffalo at the supermarket. Of course, it repeated. So, Fear of a Black and More Messiah was my attempt to explain, basically, uh, to, to pick up where Dr. Francis Cress Wilson left off, in a sense. Because that's really what I was, I was honoring her research about the quote-unquote replacement theory that they start talking about recently to 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 point that you know there is um a protracted effort by the powers that be to suppress you know the the messianic ones right the messiahs amongst us and when i broke down the 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 meaning of a messiah people that were still caught up in the religious mind state were automatically shifted to a jesus like figure or jesus that they were taught like figure you know mm -hmm. what i mean like it could be somebody that couldn't curse he couldn't be in a hood he couldn't be in the oh, trenches no. he couldn't have face tats i'm just saying like yeah, yeah. they thought messiah but, but meant point dexter it, you know um j edgar hoover when he said he wanted to stop the rise of a black messiah right he was talking about fred hampton he was right, talking but about keep in mind, right they, the youth don't get that lesson they didn't they were not hip to none of that that's why like, you giving it to him. That's right. That's why we here for that because a, a whole new generation learned those lessons. They had mm -hmm. no idea who Gay Edgar Hoover was and everything. What you um, called them? Gay Edgar Hoover. He said Gay Ball Edgar Walk Hoover. Empire on HBO is one of my favorite uh, yeah. all-time series. They was going in. They had the episode where they called out Garvey. He said it on film that he was the biggest threat to national security. Mm -hmm. You know, they had a figure in there named Dr. Uh, Valentine, Valentine Narcisse, played by Jeffrey Wright. He was a playoff of Caspar Holstein, which was the brother from the Virgin Islands, who actually is accredited for starting policy banking or the numbers. Oh, he was, okay. He was working okay, on Wall game. Street, right? Yeah. He was working like a janitor on Wall Street from St. Croix. He was working like a janitor on Wall Street and created a formula for what we now know as the numbers game, brought it to Harlem and helped melanated people get rich off of pennies and nickels, my, my G. Johnson. All of that, all of that. Casper Holstein. So 
Valentine, Dr. Narcisse Valentine, who was part of the UNIA. This is on this show on HBO. Mm-hmm. He was a dope dealer. He was selling heroin, that dog food. He was in the NOI. He was in a UNIA. He was running shit for Garvey, and he was a gangster. You know what I'm talking about? But he was modeled after Casper Holstein. You know. and, and you know it's crazy a lot of people I, I, got, I got a book in there and I'm going to show it to you before you leave and it's called and it's about the it's called The Policy King the book is about this thing fire and it goes through how a lot of these individuals that was getting this money from the numbers game was actually supporting the civil rights movement oh you know sure. they, they you know they said that the black community would not have survived without this number game. Facts. And, and what people don't know is that it became illegal. And then when the government seen that, you know, we can make money out of it, this is what you call today the lottery, lottery. system. Yeah. I you mean, know, everything that we do, they, they the, the white man still. Remember, they the patent yeah. thieves. They steal our ideas. The only so, thing the white man invented was the patent office. Right, right. So the messianic ones amongst us are ex- one of the greatest examples in these modern day times is Tupac and Nipsey, mm. right? Nipsey more so that I could use his example in real time because there's some people who may be listening to this that wasn't alive when Tupac was demonstrating. Yeah, They don't remember that everyone hated Tupac before they fake loved him. You feel me? So with Nipsey, you know, um, I could I could equate his importance by just saying simply playing a what if game. Well, I'll show you that Nipsey was the Messiah because what if Nipsey was alive when you niggas was getting your PPP checks and while you was on lockdown with all of that unemployed money? He That's, taught taught y'all how to level up. He would have had all you niggas right. <laughs> and not not running from the feds right now and doing fucking pull-ups on your eye on FaceTime trying to <laughs> Yo, I'm in the yard. Man, okay. <laughs> he blew that PPP loan, huh? Yeah. You know, he would have got niggas right. What if Sabi was alive? What if Nipsey was alive to do the Sabi documentary instead of, you know, uh, Slick Cannon? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe maybe more people would have been more prone to... It would have been on boosting. the big screen. Yeah, they would And it would have been the real story. And not not that, that shit that homie tried to put out. They would have boosted their immune system themselves. They'd have boosted it up. They didn't have to take the jab. His his word would have been a lot more because they did it or they did do it without his word. But imagine his word and imagine him standing on that Sabi doctrine, like like how he stand on the Rolling Sixties type doctrine. So right, so that's just to show you. Now, what's going on? You said uh, Slick Cannon, you know. I can't. I don't know. I have no idea. I shot for that documentary. And it it never came to light. Nah. But when I saw the trailer, I already knew it was sabotaged from the gate because he had a whole cast of uh, actors in there that didn't even have anything to do with Dr. Sabi. So it it started becoming about his journey. No offense to it, but that's not what Nipsey signed up for. And that's not what it was initially about, fam. That ain't what you signed up for. That ain't what you signed up for. So, you know, once again, you know, some people fail the initiation of the ego grossly in front of our people. When I saw that them people tried him and he he folded like that, knowing the spirit of a Dr. Sabi and what he stood for, he maneuvered to make that shit. Don't, Don't attach your name to me. That That's how Sabi will work it from the astral realm. Yeah. Like, I sabotage this whole shit because you're not finna run and, and make a uh, make a mockery out of my legacy because it's so rich. Yeah. You feel me? You trying to tether yourself to me. You can't tether your story to mine. You don't even know me. He didn't even meet him. Homie never even broke bread with some of his closest families. I'm just saying, like, yeah. we live in these days and times of necromancy where they'll sleep with the cadaver, but they won't deal with the living relatives. They won't deal with the people that with his ancestors, with his bloodline. And yeah. you feel me? They won't deal with his progeny. They won't put them in a good position. They won't they won't advertise and market them, but they'll they'll eat off of the dry bones of in our in the valley bro but you know what vulture he, culture right in our face and we and and people think that 
you know, you're dealing with people that are supposed to have their third eyes and, and they're they, they looking through different eyes. They could see the BS. Yeah, but, you know, it ain't going to come to light, man. Them small hats already shut him down, and then he is operating from a weak position. And um, right. I knew it was a rap man, when he went on that uh, apology tour. You know, I was like, damn, how many times you going to say sorry, man? Man, you know I mean? never see and, a nigga and, touch his toes that many times. <laughs> And, and this you know. is what it's about, man, being unapologetically black, man. You know what I mean? You got to take that on the chin, man, whether it's a financial loss, you know, but as long as you come out on the other side, man, and your manhood is intact, man, you're a winner. You ain't taking no L's, man. Yeah. But listen, we're going to go to another commercial break. Yeah. I, I want, when we come back, right, I want you to tell me about the mall. Right, that you that yeah, that you the initiative that you are putting forth. I also want you to, I know you got some samples of, of, of some of that uh drip, some of that us. cosmic dripping tin, yeah, cosmic yeah. dripple tin. Okay, yeah. So when we come back, we're gonna get into all of that. Make sure y'all stay tuned, man. This is Raheem Shabazz. You are now tuned into Necessary Blackness podcast, and I'm here with my brother Red Pill, man. Brr. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our quick commercial break. And for those that are just joining us, you are tuned in to Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I am here with my brother, Red Pill. Peace, peace. And before we get into uh, the Mart 125, right? You dropped a lot of history about Harlem, right? And for those that don't know you, the first thing they're going to say is, yo, he from Hustling Harlem. <laughs> A lot of people probably think you from Harlem, but you oh, yeah. but you from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, man, about your transition from from Brooklyn to Harlem, because most Brooklyn cats, man, they stay in Brooklyn. Yeah, you definitely. Know? And when they come to uh, Harlem, you know, it's mostly to raise a little ruckus. <laughs> so how do you make that transition from being a Brooklyn cat, man, to always being uptown in, in Harlem? Well, one of the most interesting things was. I think I got in at the right time. You okay. Know, it was like 2005, right after 9/11, and after 9/11, a lot of a lot of things that New York or that a lot of the a lot of the old laws and rules mm -hmm. and you know mandates, it went down with those towers. Like I remember, there was a day and time where you rarely would meet anybody from out of town in New York. You know what I mean? Oh, like. Yeah. Just they just they, you know somebody was just not outside of a tourist like somebody that was just living in there or just moved to New York from the South or from the West Coast or the Midwest like that shit was an anomaly, but things like that begin to happen, and you know Brooklyn is supposed to be in Brooklyn, Queens supposed to stay in Queens, but we begin to break all of those you know barriers, mm -hmm. you know Absolutely. what I mean, all of those restrictions. Those were some of the first barriers or the, some of the first ego deaths that we started to have. And um, I was really swimming upstream and going against the grain because people from Brooklyn was looking at me like I was crazy when they got wind of me being in Harlem. And I wasn't in Brooklyn giving my life and my blood and my time to all things Brooklyn. You know, um, they didn't understand it. They had no they didn't under, they didn't know why I would abandon street life to be around, you know, the black power thing or the cultural stuff. You know what I mean? Like they, they couldn't fathom what the hell would that what what, what was that about? Huh. Like Yeah. Are you are you hiding from somebody? Like did you do you know what I mean? They yeah. thought maybe I would have ran on the plug or something. <laughs> so when I first went to Harlem, I was actually visiting my grandfather who was, you know, in his he was in his later years, you know, um he was going through early stages of dementia. So my mother told me to go and check on him. And then he recommended that I go on 125th Street and go tap into what the fuck was going on out there. And, um, you know, he was like, there's something going on out there. And when I got out there, I felt it and yeah. I saw it. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I saw it bustling. The hustle spirit was out there. They was getting money, selling clothes. And I kind of was like feeling I was in New York at that time for about two or three months and I didn't have anywhere to sell any clothes at. I was like really feeling, cause I wasn't boosting anymore. So I was like, I was trying to figure out what was I gonna do to make money, but I wanted to sell clothes. Okay. So when I saw them selling clothes, I was like, damn, they were selling like true religion jeans and whatnot. My dude, um, 
he rest in peace, rising power to him. He used to be like, who shopping? Who shopping? And whatnot. <laughs> Salam. Police killed him. And um They killed him on her twenty fifth? Nah, they killed him in around his way. Years, years later. And um, you know, he kinda like opened he kinda like gave me permission to come and get money out there. Like, yo, you you got something to sell, you wanna sell? I'm like, yeah, I got some jeans and whatnot. You know what I mean? What's up? He like, yo, who shopping? Who shopping? Put it right, you good? You know what I mean? So <laughs> what you you came up town with the with the lows, with the polos and all that? Nah, I think I had I forgot what kind of I had some leftover stuff that I had that I didn't sell from, from the boosting days. Missions, yeah. <laughs> so um, make a long story short, I just found my way out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once I found my way out there. Like the first night that I went out there, I saw Dr. Ben teaching at the O'Berry Dempsey Center. Mm. So once I found my way, I chilled with my grandfather for about a week and whatnot. And I went out there every day. And then once I just found my way in, I found a, I found a slot to fit in. It was over from there because, as they say, the rest yeah, is the rest is history. Because I, start, I started learning, like, hands-on. Because prior to that, I'm going to lectures. I'm reading books and shit, you mm-hmm. know. But I'm not tapped in, tapped in. You yeah. feel me? Like, my everyday life wasn't it. You yeah. feel me? So I was exposed to that shit being in my face. And it became just part of my everyday waking life. Like, well, consciousness became my life. What, is it safe to say that you developing this newfound love for consciousness, that was the saving grace for you at that particular time in your life to keep you away from the streets? Yeah, because I had just hit 30. Mm. And I went through the midlife crisis thing and everything. I was like bombarded in the crib eating peanut butter, watching mad videos. <laughs> and I saw a video called The Anatomy of Dr. Phil Valentine. And in that video, he pointed to a brother named Sarnetta and was like, this brother is, you know, um, he's going to be carrying my, 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 uh, my inventory, my catalog. Mm. He's in Harlem, you know, um, go and see him and at that time that was my master teacher yeah so whatever you know so he he kind of co-signed harlem and that kind of did it for me as well but i had one foot in and one foot out because i didn't have a community i didn't have anywhere to belong to at that time so it was like you know all i knew was the streets you know what i mean like i'm outside i gotta go outside to travel and move around shit i'm theoretically i'm outside so Whatever outside is, that's what I'm on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm with it. And consciousness, but really what gave me my purpose was my son in 2007. The, 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 the millisecond, they call it a Kairos moment. It's an actual feeling where time freezes and you have this eureka moment. And it, okay. usually, it usually takes place either in childbirth or near death. Mm. And... I saw him coming into this. I saw him breathe his first breath, and it all made sense at that point. Purpose. That's the end of the street. It was just, nah, it really was, it just was purpose. Like, wow, there's a purpose bigger than me now. Like, I got something to live for. Like, there's something more important than me taking place right now. Like, and I could put on for somebody else. I was putting on for myself. Yeah. Even with the learning, and I was just impressing myself. My girl wasn't impressed. That wasn't really what she was on like that. It wasn't really connecting with her. You feel me? Like, she was all right with it. It wasn't like it was making me rich. She was kind of like, damn, when I met you, you was really on it, right? I I met her in Vegas, and I was on. So she was like, damn, you kind of like, you on your monk shit right now, (laughs) because during that time... I was going, I was, you know, I was just, I was doing without, yeah, Yeah. I was doing without, I was going through, everybody I know goes through that, where you go through a level of what the Buddha went through, Mm -hmm. how I'm going to find out that money is fiat and it's fake and I'm going to be attracted and I'm bringing more of it into me, that's a fucking oxymoron, I'm repelling it, I'm like, I don't need it, that shit is dirty, it's it's fake, It's, it's like, uh, that spell got broken for me, no, and I, I had to say. I had to recast it. 
and like attract on a like repel so you had to repel it away from right me. and i had to i had to reattract it by giving it another purpose other than what the fuck because whatever it was that, that i had it that, that was, i was pulling it to me when i when i was chasing it and it was chasing me but it was eating away at my freedom it was eating away at a lot of things so i was taking penitentiary chances uh, and but when i was going right so when i was going through the awakening and the transformation i'm like the transformation is not money based so i don't need it mm. you feel me it was getting in the way of the transformation when i had too much of it so you had to find your purpose and speaking of your purpose uh, yeah. let's get to the purpose of the mark 125 yeah so yeah man so the mark um you know, when I walked away from Harlem and, you know, we went on our journey to, you know, take the show on the road. I, I'm now when I'm in Atlanta, I'm here in the A and, you know, I'm going to bring I'm bringing the spirit of the mark with me. You know what I mean? Because that's one of the places that help, you know, uh, mold you mold me and groom me into this this person that I am with this very uh, powerful visionary mind of mine. And, you know, what I want to do is highlight the plethora of uh, melanated businesses that exist mm. in our community that okay. are competing against, you know, the uh, multi-million dollar brands and whatnot that call themselves streetwear brands. Like, they don't got nothing to do with, you know, our community or our niche market and whatnot. So, you know, we don't we don't even, you know what I mean? Like it's us versus them well listen show us some of that drip man we got some of that here for y'all oh yeah today, yeah man. so like i said you know the idea is to showcase like how the mark 125th was showcasing multiple brands mm -hmm. so you know What's that right there this is this right here is part of my collection from king's okay. county this is my hand-drawn art this is the first time that i actually put my personal artwork in my designs for my t-shirt for my this is all from my mind this is all wow. hand drawn right so and that's the first time that i'm putting that out right this right here is merchandise from my album i'm also an artist that's from the red got, summer yeah the red summer this all right yeah yo that's a fire yeah. album family make yeah, sure y'all go pick that album. up this is the tetragrammaton which is the uh hebraic uh symbol of god See, I, I don't know nothing what he just said right now. I'm yeah, not even yeah. going to hold y'all. Repeat so, that shit again, man. Tetragramma, the Tetragrammaton. That right, is, now you got to explain it to me yeah, what it is. The Tetragrammaton is a symbol for okay. God. Let me see. Right? Oh, okay. It's the four words. Uh, All right. Yeah. I, I see it. it right, like right. The, um, not the five star. And let the pentagram the turn pentagram, the other yeah. way up. Right? Okay. It's and a, up. You got the sword. Yeah. Right I there. Mean, okay. Yeah. But this is when you research the Tetragrammaton, it gets into some deep occultic, esoteric mysticism. But I made that image for a, a powerful project, so I threw that on there. This, of course, is Marcus Garvey, the Garvey yeah, I hoodies. Seen that one. I like that. You know, one. That's the of course, favorite right you can there. tell by the rapping. This is an import. You know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, we doing imports. All right. Yeah, yeah. China flow. We got the China flow going. We got it in red. Uh, of course, all embroidery. This is part of my line, which is called Kings County. As you can see, we got the Kings County yeah. embroidery on the back. Stamp and approved. Yeah, that good, that good stitching. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't yeah, no, that. Sure. That's not a press on. Authentic you know what I'm talking about? Wear, yeah, that ain't me? a press on nail. Authentic streetwear. So you know, this is very. As you can see, feel it, feel it. Just. You know, no, feel the not. feel the weight. Nah, I know, but oh I, yeah, the weight. You know, yeah, this guy feel the weight on, on that. You know what I mean? This ain't this ain't one of them. Eight this, ounce yeah, this ain't no eight ounce thing right yeah, here. Yeah, this is yeah, double this, barrel. Yeah, this, yeah, this, this got the cone head. Yeah. You feel me? Good stitching, good 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 stringings and everything. You know, that's them that's them hoodies that shorties be wearing. They call the boyfriend hoodies and all of oh, that. Yeah. That's the hoodie she go home in the Uber in. And you never see it again. Never. Right, more of the merch, cause like I said, merch sells more than albums these days. So we're gonna be highlighting some of our um, our legends, our dignitaries. All right, Tetra Gramaton. See, you go, man, my you brother. learn something new every day, man. See, yeah. I know a lot of y'all think you know and I'm the smartest one. You got in the that building, album, but uh, I need to. I, I learn every day. This is the Red Look. Summer. 
Nah, this is the twin album, and that's the Scorpion King. These are two of my classic albums. Nah, the I don't rest have summers these. that right. So this is a gift from me to you because I'm All in. Right. The, I'm, I, I come with gifts. Oh man, you know what I mean. So See, we gotta the bless like you. The three wise yeah, men come big gotta, gifts. Yeah, so we got music as well on the mark. We're gonna be selling classic material. We'll have vinyl, cassettes, CDs, as well as the downloads. Okay. Now listen. I know the mall ain't just about you. It's about the community. And there are so many individuals that want to level up and get into their entrepreneurial spirit and tap in. How yeah. are they able to do that? And what are some of the criteria to be a part of the mall? We're going to be selling crystal. Oh, we got right? crystal. Yeah. So I have, this is what I call altar candy. Mm. Right? These are consecrated stones that have been charged up. On super moons, eclipses, new moons, you name it. Uh, we, we've taken ocean water and washed them down, uh, rain water and all of that. And, I, you know, we, we, we sell these for people's altars, right? You could wear it if you want to get it wrapped. But yeah. this is mostly for, for the altar, altar, for when you make and your which, altar and which for one your ancestors. Is, and which one is that? This one right here. No, but what's the name of it? Okay, this right here is a cluster. A cluster. Yeah, and what, and what is a cluster? Considered a cluster. Is, is good and this for. is a geode. Um, just clearing up the good energy. Oh, clearing up you, the good energy. Clearing up the energy. Yeah, I got I got one of those uh, tiger stones. You have a oh, okay tiger's eye. Yeah, tiger eye. And this this right here is the clear crystal quartz. Mm. Right. So this is also for your altar. Um, you know, of course, we know quartz. Yeah. You can find quartz and damn near everything. It's a conductor. So if anybody is interested in being a vendor, um, you can easily sign up with us by just going to www.themart125th.com or themart125.com. It's either or because some people forget the TH, but we, we got both sites. And um, there's a sign up form for vendors. You will be vetted. You know, you have to have an active website and there's certain other things that you have to have in order because we're about perfection. You know what I mean? We want to perfect. Um, it's all about professionalism, you know, and if there are any businesses that want to level up to the level of where there be industry standard. We also have courses and workshops where we could do that for them as well. well. We could bring them up to we could bring them up to level? speed. We could bring them up to speed. Okay. In a, in a, now give us that website in a one fast more time. amount of time. The Mart One Twenty Fifth dot com or the Mart M A R T One Two Five dot com. You'll 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 be taken to a landing page. You'll and you'll be able to sign up the form and whatnot. Um, if you go on the page and you see actual merchandise and things on the page, there will be an option on the top right that says for vendors and you could click on that and you could send in your form. You'll have to, like I said, send in a hyperlink, not of your Instagram page, no offense, you know, your Instagram page will promote you, but we, we expect you to have at least a site. You know, yeah, functional you gotta, site. You gotta, you gotta have a website, even though I know now this is you can sell exactly from your from me, Graham. Right, gram. but we'll talk about it with our people. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. This is Doctor Sabi Sabi Genesis from AA Rashid. This oh yeah, is, that's a yeah, hot one right there. This one is one of the hottest sellers. And, and let me have. ask you something. This this right here, this is uh the one that was on um in Brooklyn, where where, where they got the bar K at now. This the, the Usher house. The Usha. the Usha. Yeah, that's called. It was the Usha Herbal Institute. Is this the same one that they yeah. got on there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, back to the artwork. You know what I mean? I got two images that I put out. Two of the um, drawings. And this is also going to be an NFT as well. Yo, matter of fact, I was at uh, Black Ink Radio. Yeah. And Shout I seen a, uh, a sister with um, the uh, Dr. Sebi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You she probably got it from you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We supplying the hood, <laughs> man. We feeding them. We feeding it's them. It's about supply and demand, man. It's about supply and demand. So we're going to have multiple brands represented. Um, you know, all cosmic drippington. This is a lifestyle. We're also going to be carrying jewelry. Hey, hold okay. that. Hold that amulet. Don't disappear because that shit opens up portals and whatnot. <laughs> 
You know what I'm talking Find about? Find me in another portal. So we're going to be having drip like that. Big jewelry, big stones, you know what I mean? Big clothing, you know what I'm talking about? It's hoodie season starting oh, yeah. today, September the 1st, right? Today's the beginning. His and her hoodies. Make sure y'all yeah. go on them websites, man, and, and, and go cop that. And um, one thing for certain, two things for sure, I'm definitely going to join the movement. I'm going to have Wingy Apparel up there. I'm going to have right. Different up there. And I got some other uh, great thoughts and ideas so, that I refuse to prematurely share with y'all at this time. Right. But best believe and know that it's coming, man. Right. So one of the one of the caveats of the Facts Initiative, right, that we were speaking about earlier, the Mark One Twenty Fifth is under the umbrella of the Facts Initiative. Mm -hmm. The Mark One Twenty Fifth exists to highlight and to showcase as a marketplace the talent that we're picking up as we go on tour mm -hmm. on the Facts Initiative. Okay. So I just went on tour to Richmond, Virginia, into PG County, and I picked up three accounts. Of mm. of clothing from the from the acronym of Facts Food Art Clothing Technology Shelter, so I picked up three brothers who are three different companies and they're all clothing companies. Now they're going to become monthly, uh, quarterly members, right? Because membership okay. has its privileges. Yeah. And in a recession environment where the Feds are doing what they're doing with interest rates and they're stoking the, the fires of a recession and they're talking fear, the antidote or what we would call the immune, the immunity to all of that shit is tribe or or, or, or community. Right? Gotta find your tribe. Gotta find your community. You gotta find your tribe. You gotta find your clique. You gotta find your community. You have to find your membership. You have to find your calling and whatnot. So Absolutely. we're representing. That's what we're representing. We're representing um, a fraternal order, mm -hmm. right? Membership. Uh, we all are. We all have similar objectives, and that is for our progeny, and that is for our quote-unquote legacy. And our last names and whatnot. So we all, uh, most of us, are parents. So we stand on something, you know, that we could all get a, that we we could all agree on, regardless of anything else. We can agree that our children deserve better. Mm. So, as a as a as a card carrying member of the Facts Initiative, you have, uh, you membership has its privileges. So on the March one twenty fifth, you are going to have. Uh, you know, you're going to have first dibs over everybody. You know, you'll be featured. You know what I mean? You'll have a star next to your name. Like, you will be accredited as being a part of Facts, even though we'll probably offer um, opportunities for brothers and sisters who are not a part of the initiative to sell on the Mark 125th inside of our mall, but it's preferred for our network mostly. So you better get involved in be a part of that network so yeah. you can get those perks. You Want can get those privileges. And you can level up, man, and upscale your business right. to a level of professionalism. And listen, man, nobody has all the answers. Some of y'all are novice. Some of y'all are greener than a pool table and twice as green and don't know this apparel game. The brother said they have classes and where they're going to instruct you on how to bring your clothing line up to a level of professionalism. Yeah, now like I said, you you graduate, you get put on the site immediately, you know what I mean? Like you get you get placement. And you get a certificate. Stop and you playing. get yeah, you get certified, you get a certificate, you get that stamp, you know what I mean? And that stamp means something. And you know, and you get put on a you get put into a store because look, Nike is the biggest brand globally. I did my research. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Nike would never be who they were if they only stayed in the Nike store. So there's a bunch of brands out there doing what they do. I'm just mm -hmm. offering you the opportunity to be on the biggest platform and to be in front of a network that you probably would never be in front of because people that I have access to are the people that we know and the audience that we are able to reach. You know, many can't reach that, without, even with a, a $10,000 Facebook campaign. You won't you reach it. You family. still won't reach your family. Like, and then the thing about it, right, it's good when you go on, on the internet and you reach people all around the world, but there's still something about nepotism. Right. There's still something about reaching people that 
know not only know of you, but that walked and talked with you and right. that can bear witness to your greatness, what you do, and can co-sign you. You know Facts. what I mean? And, and word of mouth is still king. You know, still don't, works. Don't, don't let it don't don't let the internet fool you. Right. Don't there, get tricked there, out of that you know, trick bag. There are people that still doing it from word of mouth. They they didn't graduate over to the internet yet. But, you know, that's just one of the components, word of mouth. But you got to be on this internet. You got to be on the Mart 125th Mall. Tap in, man. So tap in. Be so real quickly, in. Red, man, we, we don't have that on. much time left. In, in, in closing, man, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you or anything you want to say in your last closing words? Yes. You, wanted, you didn't ask me how could we... Uh, Tap into the Facts Initiative, and for all of our future investors all right, and people let's get who want to, yeah, if there's people out there that want to donate. Uh, this is definitely a tax write-off. Uh, Facts Initiative. We set up um, our cash app for right now. We're not even soliciting funds. We're looking for investors, and we're looking for people who can see the vision, who are ready to basically watch their money grow and whatnot. And when it comes to the facts initiative, we want to put out the disclaimer that if you're not willing to lock it down for six months and commit or a year, you should not never do not even waste your time over here because this Absolutely. is this is the long game. We are in it for the long run. This is not a company or an initiative that is here to fizzle out. We've been here for years and we've already created multiple uh, brands and whatnot and um, change uh, thousands of lives. So this this is play right here is for the long run. And six six months to a year is really not that long. When How long does it take to build a house? And, and six months to a year. Okay, so this house that we're building, like I said, is going to put our babies, our progeny, our um, three generations, if done right, in a in a good place. Mm. In a good place. At least you could say that you. You took the run. You know what I mean? Yeah, Certain absolutely. people is, didn't even get on the field yet. At least you could say you ran the ball. So, Facts Initiative, Money Sign, Facts Initiative is the cash app. The name Phil Moreland should pop up. I had to do that because there's a lot of clones out there. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah. running with people's cash app. So, if you see my name, that's my government, Philip Moreland. That's what we need, more land, right? And the Cash App spell is F-A-C-T-S-I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-V-E. Facts Initiative. Money sign. So you heard it right here first on Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I didn't finish. He said he's going to give y'all the ball. We're going to get you off the bench. Yes, the goal for our initiative is 30,000 members. Right, I have incentives set in place. It'll be affiliate based, and you're able to get finder fee percentages. So if if you sign up for the quarterly, right, you sign up for the year, you pay once a quarter. Okay. Right, not a month. Once a quarter. That's every four you, months. Right, you bring in two or three people, preferably family members or team players. And you sign them up, we'll get to that thirty thousand in no time. No right? limit of time. Same way that you could get thirty thousand views, you could get thirty thousand people who are ready to shake this shit up and change. And then the next cycle of thirty thousand, we'll deal with y'all as soon as we lock in the first cycle. Thirty thousand at a twenty dollar investment, a twenty dollar weekly investment, which will turn into a um, a monthly, which will turn into a weekly, which will turn into a daily. But we're talking about six hundred thousand dollars for our right, our network, our collective liquidity pool, our network. No one else. It's our it's our investment. This is what the big boys have been doing for years upon decades upon, and we don't know anything. You know what I mean, like. And when I say the big boys, I'm talking about the Asians and the Indians and the Africans. Yeah. Don't don't get it fucked up. You know what I mean? The big boys, the ones who move shit. So we're gonna be doing some monumental things, and I would encourage you to tap in to be a part of this movement. Um, 
factsinitiative.com is where you're going to be able to get more information we're coming with our uh, our white paper and some other things so you can have more information, especially for my investors that are out there, my venture capitalists, my lean investors. Holler at us. You know what I mean? Tap in. One quick question. Mm-hmm. White paper. Tell them what white paper means. It's basically our roadmap. You know what I mean? It would be like our modern day version of a business plan. That's so our white paper. This is not something where a person has a determined idea or a plan that he just thought of. This is well planned out. Oh, it's yes. written. There's a white page. We did the ceremony. We did the sorcery. And is, we wrote it there, out. Is there going to be anything connected like to the blockchain with smart contracts and yes. all of that? See, we don't have yes, enough thank time. You. Yes. Real quick. Two minutes we, or less. Let's we, are, we are forming a DAO. A decentralized autonomous organization out of facts. Talk that talk, brother. It's going to be automated. We won't have hierarchy. It won't be CEOs and all of that stuff. It will be a DAO. It will be connected to a smart contract. The money will be an escrow. The 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 even the, the funds that I'm talking about with the thirty thousand at twenty investment, the six hundred thousand will be on the blockchain and it will be tokenized. We'll take the fiat and we'll turn it into our own coin. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we spend this, when we when we circulate it throughout the network, it won't be fiat based. It will be tokenized. It will be our tokens that we'll be spending and whatnot. And it will be on an open ledger. So when a penny moves, you see it on the blockchain. Right. So that that brings back the trust. It's a game changer. Is, is bringing back the trust that, that this this community and other communities have kind of like eroded and whatnot. So we're talking about restoring the trust, um, utilizing smart contracts, utilizing NFTs and just utilizing all of the technology that's available in Web3 right now to tighten this thing up. That's why when I started it in 2017, it was a soft run. You know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. like a soft launch, but it did what it needed to do. It was a disruptor, but the technology didn't catch up yet. But now in 2022, it's ripe to where the technology has caught up to the vision and the idea. So we married it, and now we're campaigning, and we're on the road. North Carolina, South Carolina, October, talk black to me. Look out for us. We pulling up. Okay. We out here. You know what I'm talking about? And we coming with gifts. You know what I mean? Shout out to Sauce Guard, Survey. We got a whole anthem for the facts, facts anthem. Shout out to my good brothers um, in, in VA. Shout out to my peoples in D.C., DMV, VMD, you know what I mean? But NCSC, we on your, we 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 pulling up, we knocking on, on your, your door, we on your bumper. Real quickly, global tour, we going to Hawaii, Africa, UK. Let's Facts. go. For those that don't know, and this is in layman term, I know it was a lot for y'all to digest. But when he's talking about a smart contract, right? That means once the deal is solidified, right, it can go for as long as you contract it for, whether he wants to or he don't want to or someone else wants to or someone else don't want to. Whatever's laid down is the law and it has to be followed on this contract. Not only that, the guidelines for how long the contract is, whether you get a percentage into a uh, pituity, or not, it's just certain things that you can put in there to make sure that your money is secure. So this takes out the trust factor. You know, Marcus Garvey always said that we are people that's cursed by our petty differences, right? And there's a lack of trust amongst us. And until we overcome those uh, differences and those trusts, we'll be stuck in the same position on our pivot. This right here is a game changer that's going to take you off your pivot so, family, make sure you do your research about what this blockchain is, how you can benefit from oh, it, dang. and then holler at the mark, man. This is Raheem Shabazz, and we out, man. We out. Peace. Peace.